Ah, oh, dear. I found it really hard to get back into things this week. <laughs> oh, I'm not surprised because was it three weeks you're away? Um, four in total because yeah. it was a few days to drive down and then we had th- three solid weeks in the south of France and then three days to drive back. So, you know, all in all, four weeks. Yeah, it's a good long break. Oh, that was lovely. So I've come back feeling like really lethargic <laughs> post-holiday blues, I suppose. Yeah. Oh, okay, I can understand that. But then did you not feel sort of renewed and refreshed and sort of excited to get going on work again? Nah. <laughs> no, I've had, I have had something that I needed to start this week. Um, because I'm not going to Iraq, which is where I should be tomorrow. Ah, okay. I was supposed to be flying off to Iraq for that charity project. Um, yeah, tomorrow. Oh, so that's a bit of a dampener. Yeah, well, I mean, God, I mean, you know, I don't think we need to tell anybody how dangerous and genuinely yeah. horrible it is apparently out there. So because I'm not going to that, I, I agreed to do a um, a few days work with uh, with another charity. And it's it's a, you know, it's, it's a guerrilla charity. So, you know. That's, oh, that's perfect for you then. It's perfect for me. But to be honest, I mean, I have to be frank. I've just found it so hard to even kind of like get my brain in gear. Yeah. And I went to the uh, the swimming pool a couple of days this week and came back and I've just been really tired. I don't know whether it's just like recovering from the drive home or something, but I've not I've not exactly been Mr. Tip Top this week. Well, it takes a while to get back into it's getting back into routines. They're very hard to just switch on and off. Well, I've decided that I'm going to really put my effort behind um the gorilla thing next week. Yeah, that's a good idea. Because I've got a couple of weeks of just kind of easing into things. So, yeah. Yeah, you're lucky to be in the position where you can do that as well. I wouldn't like it. And we're going to talk about holidays and coming back from holidays and what we do on holidays and all kinds of stuff, you know, later on in the, in the, the podcast. Um, but I've completely lost my train of thought. You see, that's how stupid I am right now. <laughs> Uh, so you're, you're allowing yourself time to get back into it, but you wouldn't like it oh, if... Oh, if, if, you see? God, I see, I'm glad you're there. No, I wouldn't like to have to come back to a job where, you know, you're back on Monday morning and then you're straight back into it. You know, imagine working for a company, doing whatever people do. Yeah, that aren't terribly forgiving of uh, needing to ease yourself back in. No. So, uh, yeah, we'll talk about holidays and uh, and some other kind of switching off topics a bit later on. Anyway, what I, watch, what I should say, before we go too far, can I have my podcast back now, please? Yeah, go on then. Thanks so much. You, for just, I mean, for taking care of everything the, the last few weeks. And, and Ashley too, because she's a star as well. Yeah, she did like, she came up with a lot of the ideas. I was, I was just the, the dumb one behind the, the technical stuff and and the sort of, yeah, providing her someone to bounce off, I think. No, you did a fabulous job. I mean, I knew I could rely on you, but I didn't didn't expect to do such a good job. I mean, geez, people have been really, like, effusive. Is that a word? I have no idea. With their praise. They've been very kind, yeah. People have been very nice. If only I had the time to do another podcast but unfortunately i'm already trying to squeeze far too much into each day yeah well people suggested that you do your own which which you know you've got your own it's this one yeah that's what i said that's what i yeah i i consider this is just right for me i like coming on and having our chats and it's not every week so i i i could store up the good stuff to say because i'm far too boring to be on every week don't be quiet I did read some really, really nice tweets, and I think that people, I mean, not, I mean, not all people, a small number of people, a really small number of people, I think they really enjoyed the fact that you talked about more practical business issues. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think we're, because we're not so familiar with doing it, we needed a bit of structure, and so we set ourselves these sort of more businessy related topics, and thought, yeah, why not go for it? It's very easy for uh, to get Ashley on and actually question her about insurance as well. Well, I thought it was great. I mean, I really enjoyed tuning in, as they say, (laughs) 
from my sunbed. It's quite scary every every week thinking, okay, right, now Andy's going to listen to us from his no, sunbed. It, it's fascinating though, because, um, you know, I would sort of have a rough idea when it was going to come out and I'd get the email from Ophonic every time that you process the file because the, the notification email comes to me. Yeah. So I thought, okay, now there's, now there's one coming. And I have to, I would have to resist downloading it from, you know, from the Ophonic processor. <laughs> yeah. So you get the full version with the show notes and everything. Yeah. No, I want to have the full experience. No, cause I think it's, you know, I go up and down with, with podcast listening. And I was talking to Dan, my mate Dan Davis was around earlier on. He's, you know, he goes up and down with podcasts and. You know, I don't listen to the same one. Well, not all of the same ones that I used to listen to. I still listen to the talk show a lot and I listen to Accidental Tech. And to be honest, I really don't listen to many webby podcasts anymore. No, I'm I'm moving away from webby ones as well. So it was actually really nice just to tune in and not know what, what I was going to hear. <laughs> and I quite like that. You know, I quite like that kind of unexpectedness to things. Yeah, well, I think that's one of the things that actually works quite well about the unfinished business as it is now being not always completely business focused because you're, you're tuning in, you know, you're going to, you're probably going to get a similar, someone you might have heard before. Sometimes it's not and a topic that you don't know what it is and, and where it's going to go. And that's quite nice. Well, I know I haven't done, you know, a lot of practical business stuff for a while. And I think, you know, I know in fact that we've lost some listeners because, you know, I changed the focus of the show a little bit and I, and I wrote about this a little bit last week, but I think the new kind of, I don't know whether I will explain things is that, you know, with the title anyway, I know that when we started off, it was very much about business, you know, practical business. I mean, that was why Anna and I set it up in the first place. Yeah. Because at the time, there wasn't really anybody talking about that kind of stuff. Well, now, you know, um, I saw even Joel Hughes, um, lovely Joel from Cardiff. No, he's not from Cardiff. He's from Newport. He did the Business of Web Design podcast yeah, and uh, yeah. Business Web Design Conference. And I noticed this week, I'll put a link in the show notes. He's done a, a book of articles relating to business as well. So, you know, there's lots more people talking about this kind of stuff. And I just thought, well, you know, how many times can we, can we sort of, bang on about contracts. Yeah. Well, I think as well, a lot of, I think every week there is something that's about business. It's just not necessarily directly related. It's, I think because we are self-employed and we do our own thing, so much of our lifestyle and everything like that is revolving around our business. So it's kind of, it's hard of a topic to get away from really. Yeah. And the way that I think about it now, and this is the reason why I don't do an intro. And it's, it's kind of, I mean, maybe, maybe I'm just being a little bit too kind of precious about it, but you know, I don't put episode numbers in there anymore. You know, I don't put in the show title who's on the show. Maybe I should do every week. Um, unless it's a special, you know, it was like the planet of the apes special. Yeah. Um, I, I might do it there and I don't really do an introduction anymore. You know, I don't do the whole kind of, this is episode 83 of unfinished business. Because the way that I kind of think about it is, you know, if I'm on a train, sometimes, you know, I might overhear a really interesting conversation, you know, yeah. or you could be sat next to somebody on a bus or a dinner or something. And there's like a, an interesting conversation that you just want to kind of tune into. And that's what I really, you know, I really think that I want the show to be like, I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe we're not always as interesting as I'd like to think we are, but that's how I sort of visualize it in my head now. Yeah, it, it's come to feel a bit more like listening into a conversation with your friends. That's what I want it to be like. And that's why, you know, I like to have regular people like you and Ashley and Brendan and others. And, you know, that changes over time. Coming on again and again, because then you can kind of build up this familiarity with people, which I, I really like. Yeah. So, yeah, there we go. It was good. I really enjoyed it. So thanks. Thanks ever so much. Well, thank you for letting us at it. It was grand. And even Oscar made a a surprise appearance every now and again. <laughs> yeah. Which I thought was like, can you, can you not buy that dog some socks or something? Yeah, some slippers. We we do. We're actually looking into that as, as sad as it sounds because hardwood floors aren't very good for dogs' hips. And it's in big dogs like Oscar's very big. 
um, it's a particular problem. And so he needs to have special little booties that have slightly sticky bottoms so that he doesn't slip around on the floor. Oh, and break a hip. Oh, that would be horrible. Yeah, well, they just get, they get hip displacement where they just, their hips gradually twist or turn in the wrong direction. If you see him sitting on the floor, slowly as he's sitting there, you see his feet moving further and further apart as he's not quite, because he's very, very fluffy. And he's, even the bottom of his feet are fluffy, which you wouldn't expect. And so he's extra slippy. He's very noisy. You hear him coming everywhere. We keep thinking about putting, uh, carpets down in our, on our landing because all you hear in the night is Oscar coming up to the bedroom door, seeing if we're awake and going away again. <laughs> <laughs> well, Malarkey's cat is officially geriatric. Aww. She went to the vet today for whatever usual prodding and poking that you have to do to old cats. And um, with with a big spike, that's how I would do it. <laughs> a spiky thing in the cat. But anyway, no, she had... Um, she had, you know, she had tablets jammed down her. And, uh, yeah, the vet actually said that she's a geriatric cat. Has so, she gone uh, all, all white around the nose? She's kind of gone a little bit white around the face, yeah. He's very cute how animals do that. She's still with us, you know, for the time being. Until I get my way. <laughs> I suppose I would miss her if, you know, if and when she's not around. Yeah, I think you get used to having an animal around. Let's do our first sponsor today. Because you like this one. Oh, yeah. Because it's Perch. And Perch is a content management system that's been designed to help both design agencies and individual designers like us and developers deliver great sites that their clients will really love. And I know that's the case because our clients at Stuff and Nonsense, they tell us time and time again that they really, really love using Perch. So with this in mind, Perch focuses on a few key things. So imagine like us, you've designed a site and you want to spend a long time integrating a CMS into it. For example, we've just been working on a site this week and we made HTML and we made CSS templates for all the pages. And then you just want to hook up the those pages with a CMS. You know, I'm not worried when that happens though, because I know that it's really quick to get Perch up and running and you can just make little parts of a static page editable if that's what you want to do. And I also know that it's really hard to charge a client for training on how to update their site. But as well as the money, there's also the time that training takes. And, you know, I personally, I'd rather be spending that designing. So Perch has a really, really great editing interface that's based around pages. And what the client sees matches what's on their site. So the content's really easy to find and then edit. And that means that they don't need a lot of training. And it also means that they're more likely to keep their site up to date as well. I tell you what, really true story this week. We were working on this little project and uh I actually haven't done the perch build on this. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got another developer that's um that's been fabulous and putting this site together. And he just sent me an email to say, Right, I've done everything that uh, that I think we need to do. It's ready for you to put the content in. So I was working with a client on the content. There were uh, obviously words to edit, there were photos to retouch and then all get up to the perch site. And this is the first time that I've actually used a Perch admin since, and I don't know which version it is, but since they introduced the new way that they handle assets like images. Oh, yeah. So I was completely cold to this. I'd even forgotten that this feature was in. And I'm getting into the pages, um, needing to add these images up to the site. And, God, it was so easy. It was amazing. I mean, I'd never seen this thing before, and I just instantly knew how to use it. Yeah, you know, it's brilliant. I mean, you can browse for images or you can just drag them in off your desktop. I mean, it was just so easy. And that's, that's what I really like about Perch. And then the other thing that I noticed was that out of, you know, I don't know, half a dozen pages that the client had originally set up that they wanted, they'd only got content for five. Well, I didn't want to put a page up there with no content. Um, but I wanted it to stay inside the navigation. You know, at least, you know, in the navigation in the CMS rather than it being displayed on the actual site. And, you know, I just went into the page preferences and there was a button there. It said hide from main navigation. Tick. It's like the thought of everything. Yeah, that is good. It was amazing. So unlike other CMS systems, especially those that are based on static files, Perch is designed around performance. And we all want our sites to be fast to load and to be able to handle the peaks in traffic. So that's why they say that Perch helps you make great websites faster because they're faster to build and they're faster to load. 
I mean, I just, I, I just can't stop rattling on about how good Perch is. They're brilliant. I use it on the, um, on my own site, on the Web Talk Dog Walk website that I have, the dog walks I do. And it's just every week, I have to update the forecast manually because I'm not clever enough to make it work um, any other way. And so every week I go in and I just update my my little regions with uh, the the word sunny and it sets it to be sun, like the little sunny icon or rainy. And it's so quick and easy to just get in, edit it and get out again. Well, we've got a project to start in uh, three or four weeks time. It's a client that we built a site for back in about 2007. Yeah, it was about 2007, 2008, something like that. And it's built on Expression Engine. And they've kept the same version of Expression Engine all that Ooh. time. Yeah, I've had to use an old version of Expression Engine this week. I've never used it before. And, and this is as a writer. And, oh, it, it works in very strange ways. And I have used it a lot. And we still use it on the Stuff site for the only reason that, you know, it's, it's, it would be a reasonable job to, you know, change all the content and do the import and everything else. But for this particular client, um, one of the things they said was, yeah, can you, can you update the software? Well, yeah, I'm not going to update the software. I'm just going to switch it onto Perch because it's a simple site. We can keep everything the same and, uh, and they're going to be so much happier when they see how easy it is to use Perch. So to find out more, you can go to unfinished.bz slash grab a perch and then they'll know we sent you. You know what I did a couple of weeks ago when we were doing the perch read? <laughs> I said, and to find out more, go to unfinished.bz slash perch, which of course is what the admin address is for the website, isn't it? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> so in the show notes, the URL was correct, but actually on the sponsor read, it wasn't. So I'm not sure how many people, shh, don't tell Drew. Oh, it's okay. I think that I particularly made a big fool of myself when we were doing the perch read because Ashley and I just went into a Rachel Andrew fangirl overdrive. <laughs> well, it's easy to do. It is. She is amazing. And, but yeah, I, I was kind of secretly hoping that she didn't hear the sponsor read because next time I see her, I'm going to be a bit embarrassed. <laughs> so did she comment? No, no. Um, so uh, yeah, I'll, I'm sure I'll see her at Deconstruct. So, obviously, I've just come back from a longish break, and the week before I went, you had a you had a last minute cruise around the Med, if I remember. Yeah, a last minute week long trip away, uh, sort of a help. We're going to really burn out seriously if we don't go on holiday now. Situation. Well, we were going to record a show that week because the idea was was that knowing that you were going to take over for a while. I thought that it would be nice if we did, you know, a show before and then a show after, like this one. Yeah, and I totally scuppered the plan. <laughs> yeah, no, you completely, completely bobbed that. So that's why Jeremy and Brendan and I, we just had to talk about apes for like a whole 90 minutes. So the blame is on me for the yeah, apes fault. episode. <laughs> yeah, it's your fault. <laughs> I kind of half planned um, an ape special anyway, um, but I didn't really know where it was going to fit in. Um, and then, yeah, you presented me with the perfect opportunity. <laughs> You're lucky I wasn't on that one. I would have been very argumentative about that film. Oh, now tell me more. No, no, we mustn't. No, okay, no. let's let's save it for the <laughs> let's save it for an after show bit then. Whew, okay, yes, because we can't get into that. People are just gonna like they're gonna start switching off in droves. Yeah, if they haven't already. Um, so you know, we both work for ourselves. We've both got our own businesses. Yeah. So for this week's topic, I thought that we could talk about how we handle keeping on top of business while we're supposed to be away from it. Yeah. So, you know, what do we do about email and client inquiries and maybe even if there's work that's going on while we're away? So I thought we'd talk about that. Cool. And there was an article that I found on BBC, I think it was actually while I was away, called Smartphone Stress, Are You a Victim of Always-On Culture? Which I think that's something that a lot of us suffer from. Oh, yes. I, I very much do. So it is business-related, all you kind of, you know, they never talk about business on Unfinished Business anymore. And when Andy's on the show, 
group of people. <laughs> we, it's because it's kind of related. You know, it's about how we handle business. So it's absolutely related. Yeah. There we go. So, I mean, you mentioned the, 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 the break earlier on. We, we tend to like to take a long August break. Yeah. It fits in quite nicely. Um, I mean, we take usually three or four weeks. It depends on what we're doing. Um, but one of the main reasons for that is that in the past anyway, it's taken me a week to actually switch off from work. Yeah, yeah. It does take a long time to get out of that mindset. I mean, we took three days, as I said, to drive down to the south of France, um, three weeks actually where we stay, and then three days to, to come back. And on the way back, I actually stopped off in Oxford and picked up a client brief. So, you know, that you're was, really uh, getting back into it early. <laughs> I was getting back into it. Um, and, you know, that's the, the period that we, that we like to take. Um, is that because when Alex was younger, it fitted in with the school holidays as well? Yeah. I mean, school holidays are obviously a factor, but the biggest thing was the fact that I just never, ever could really switch my brain off away from work. Um, there was always something kind of bottled up in there that I was thinking about. And, you know, if you take a, you know, a week long or maybe even a two week holiday, I suppose most people go for two weeks, don't they? Yeah, I think so. You know, if you're spending a week winding down before you can actually start your holiday, half of it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. I had to wind down very quickly when we were away for a week. I think I did fairly well. I, I've I've been teaching myself to switch on and switch off because I found that I had bad insomnia and um, just I felt stressed the whole time, um, even when I was trying to relax because I was constantly worrying about and thinking about work. I suppose one of the biggest things that we did, certainly over the last few years anyway, is certainly since we've been taking these longer breaks as well, I think, is to try not to have any work pending when we go. Yeah. And I'm not the sort of person that generally works on kind of long contracts. I mean, we are actually just about to, you know, start working on retainer for a couple of companies, but generally speaking, I can finish off a project before we go. And I know that you know, there's not going to be any need for somebody to email me. Um, so everything's finished off before we go and I've not got anything kind of hanging over me. Yeah, I think that's something that Ashley and I mentioned uh, in the a couple of episodes ago was um, that make if you do go away, making sure that you're you're not owing anyone any work because otherwise it's not a break, and you don't want to. Um, don't think any of us are the type of people that want to let clients down or suddenly go off the grid and clients have no idea where you are. No. So there was a couple of things that happened. Um, there was you know, emails, obviously. Yeah. Um, that, that need to, need to be done. Um, and there was one particular client whose IT company had completely screwed up their domain names. Oh. And I don't know how they'd done this, but the website was working perfectly, you know, two or three days before we left. This isn't, you know, this isn't a new client. This is, this has been up for years. So I'm kind of, you know, two days into the holiday, I'm getting panicked emails going, ah, could you just change the URLs in here and here? Um, which, you know, I made it clear in, in the reply that, you know, that I was on holiday and things might not happen instantly. Um, as it happened, it didn't take very long and I could just kind of deal with it. Yeah, that's, that's a, a proper kind of emergency situation. But what, what qualifies as urgent in the email for you? It would have to be something like that. Um, it would have to be something where, oh God, I hate to use that awful American phrase, mission critical. <laughs> Jesus, if I ever hear anybody else say mission critical, um, it would have to be something where, for example, the site's gone down and there's nobody else around that can actually fix something. Yeah. Um, and as it happened with this particular client, it needed some jiggery pokery in an expression engine um, control panel, which they didn't, yeah, they didn't know where to look. So I didn't mind doing that because, you know, it was an important thing. Yeah. But if it's somebody just emailing you for, I don't know, to pick your brains or, 
because they've you know they've lost a file again and then you know could you send it to them no that that doesn't that doesn't constitute an emergency no i'd agree with that um so what what we tend to do is we'll spend you know an hour a day sometimes it's more i think i spent maybe one whole afternoon just actually working on stuff which i didn't think was unfair considering we were away for four weeks yeah, yeah, that's not too. I think you almost need to do that just to get it out of yourself because you probably have the urge to do particular things building up. Well, what I don't want to do is I don't want to come back to, you know, a gazillion emails. Yeah. And I don't want to be worried that there may be a potential fire that needs putting out. Um, I don't want to be worried about that. I used to, you know, this is, Ah, oh, years ago. And certainly when we had, you know, lots of employees back in the, the e-commerce days, I used to, I used to really stress over holidays because, you know, not only was, was I kind of thinking about client stuff, but I was, I was kind of worried about what was going on in the office behind my back as well. Oh, yeah. So I, that, that was a, a troubling one. But what I tend to do now is I'll do email triage, like, you know, once a day, you know, for half an hour to an hour. Yeah. And if there's something that I can just bash off a quick reply, then I'll do it. If it's something that needs a little bit more thought, I'll, I'll file it into my kind of do folder. Um, and then I'll get back to it. And, you know, one day, one afternoon every week, I would sit down and just, you know, I'd even write proposals. You know, if somebody wanted a quote for something and it was easy to do and I didn't need to refer to anybody else, I'll sit and write a quote and send it off because, you know, I'm going to, I want to come back to some work. Oh, I wouldn't do that. I, I worry too much. I, it would it would be it would be getting far too much back into the working mindset. No, I didn't mind doing that so much. And I started to work on a big proposal that we sent out yesterday, which I'm keeping everything crossed for. Um, you know, I started thinking about that kind of stuff because you know, I, I don't have this real separation between you know home brain and work brain. Yeah. Um, so. You know, the, the, I mean, the books I read, I read a lot of books about advertising while I was away. I didn't read a single Game of Thrones, which I thought I was going to read. <laughs> um, but, you know, I don't mind. Um, that's, that's a fun work thing. That's, that's a sort of related but Yeah. Did you find, though, that you came up with loads of ideas that you then wanted to put into practice? No, I wrote down a lot of notes about all kinds of stuff. Uh, particularly things that were sparked off by the books that I was reading. But no, I didn't sit and write any code. Alex did. Alex was uh, was, was designing his new website while he was on holiday. <laughs> I think sometimes those kinds of things are relaxing. It's be able, being able to do the things that you don't normally have time for when you're working. That's the definition of a holiday, really, isn't it? Yeah, and... Because we've been going to the same place and we stay in exactly the same place in exactly the same area and we go to, you know, we eat at exactly the same restaurants and, <laughs> you know, every year now, which sounds really boring. But, I mean, if you'd have told me 10 years ago that that's what we'd end up doing, I'd have gone, no, we're much, we're much more funky than that. But actually now, you know, we love it so much that it's, and we're so familiar with it that it's not like we go on holiday to the south of France. It's like we go move there for four weeks. Yeah. So you're not going off on excursions and things like that all the time, exploring. No, no I mean, we split it. You know, sometimes we'll have a pool day. Um, a f two or three times a week, I would get up and actually properly go swimming because there was an Olympic swimming pool within 25 minutes. No, that's pretty good. You said that you weren't doing much at all i think being able to keep up with that is pretty impressive well two or three times a week i mean i would have done it every day if uh, if the pool had opened a bit earlier um but you know sometimes we'd you know and sometimes we'd go out and have excursions so i even actually met a client you know there's a client that that we have that lives in the south of france and we had lunch with him <laughs> you know so you just take yourself i suppose it's not like i'm a different person when i'm on holiday I'm just kind of, you know, a little bit more chilled, maybe. Yeah, that makes sense. What do you do? Do you switch off completely or do you... Yeah, I have to be an all or nothing person. I think because I'm so on when I'm on, I have to switch off properly. Otherwise, everyone around me want to kill me, I think. I And I, I do, I have lots of hobbies that I do outside of work. And so I find it quite easy to fill my 
time and I find it a very good distraction because otherwise I, I worry all the time about work. I have, I'm having ideas all the time. I can't stop writing things down. I kind of, my brain gets a bit frantic really. And I know that I know from the past and not resting enough that I do need to completely avoid work, completely switch off, do something completely different in order to recover and be fresh the next morning. Otherwise I just wear myself out really quickly. I'd like to be able to do that a little bit. I'd like to go and be able to do something which is completely different. You know, I don't know, even now maybe a big kind of walking or hiking thing, you know, where there's no phone signal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm sitting here looking at my Yosemite wallpaper on the Mac thinking, you know, yeah, you could do that. You could go and spend a, a week just walking, you know, th that would actually be quite nice. So it's, it's weird. Um, I think it was Rachel actually. Um, did she write something this week or say something on Twitter this week about when she's running, she just switches off. It's like her kind of brain off time. Was it, was it Rachel that said that? I've not, I've not been on Twitter very much this week, but it does um, sound like the kind of thing Rachel would say. Whereas I can't really do that. I mean, even when I'm swimming, um, you know, the stuff going around in my head, um, it's not like it's a complete break from reality. Maybe I need drugs. <laughs> well, that's why I do classes because I have someone shouting at me, constantly changing what I'm doing, uh, in the gym. And so I, I'm completely distracted from work. It's only when I, if I'm doing something really boring that I start thinking about. So occasionally in the bit, the really long bits during Pilates, I'll be start, my mind starts wandering onto work things. Well, I've put on three pounds since I fell off the wagon, which I didn't think was too bad actually, considering the amount of bread and cheese and beer, um, and ice cream that I consume. No, for, for that many weeks, that's, that's really good. So you're keeping your bit of swimming up probably really helped your metabolism. Well, possibly. But I am starting. By the time this goes out, I'm probably going to be dead. Oh, is your first personal training session? On Sunday at lunchtime. Oh, that's an odd time to start. Well, it was, it was just it's the time that Liam's got available. So we're also going to be planning my, you know, next sort of eight to 12 weeks, which is, uh, which is the, the period that I want to do the training over just to, you know, see how we go. Yeah. It's good to have that because then you've got a goal for the end rather than sort of constantly working towards something. So I imagine that with him barking in my ear about doing more reps that, you know, I might stop thinking about client work for, a, you know, an hour or two. But we'll oh see. yeah. Yeah. I think you, you may well be in so much pain that you'll be not thinking about anything else Aside from I want to die <laughs> in a good way. I, I love that. But you talking about switching off completely, you went on a cruise and you didn't have a lot of connectivity along the way, I noticed. No, at sea, you don't have much connectivity. And so we mostly, we were, the cruise we were on every morning we'd get into port. So we traveled overnight every night. And so overnight we wouldn't have any signal and then during the day we'd be out and about in the various cities we were in so we wouldn't really stop to check our like phones aren't very much so i kind of would have a brief blip some mornings depending on how close the port was to the city where i'd be able to get a little bit of connectivity and have a quick check of emails and things like that just to check that nothing's burning down but otherwise i i didn't i didn't check my phone at all we made conscious effort not to, we did the, when we went out for meals, we put our phones face down on the table. So we weren't even, we weren't checking anything because we had the most amount of signal in the cities. And Aral did a bit of work, um, because he's got so much to do, but he, we, we kind of did a good, he did a good split. And when he was doing the worky side of things, I might play a computer game or something like that. Well, it's funny. When we first started going down to the south of France, the only way that we could get online then, I think this, this is before iPhone too. So we would go to Narbonne, which is the nearest kind of big city-ish, which is about kind of, I don't know, roughly half an hour away from where we stay. And there was an internet cafe. You could pay two euros for an hour. <laughs> um, and I would go and do that and I'd cram everything into that hour. And we'd go like once a week. 
and I'd, I'd literally, I'd go, I'd get all my RSS feeds. Um, you know, I get all email. I deal with a load of stuff that I needed to do. You know, I could do within a few minutes and I'd process everything so that, you know, maybe I would do stuff offline and then come back and post it, you know, a week later, something like that. And that's what we had to do because there was no internet connection nearby. And then a year later, we discovered that they had free Wi-Fi at McDonald's, <laughs> which was near the supermarket. And we go to the supermarket, you know, a couple of times a week for, you know, bits and pieces. So it made it quite easy to just nip in. Did it mean you have to eat McDonald's? No, you just buy Fanta. Oh, okay. That's okay. Then. You have to buy something, but you know. But yeah, we might do that a couple of times a week. And then a few years ago, we discovered that the little Cafe de la Poste in the near town, um, which is only like 10 minutes away, they had free Wi-Fi. And that was right opposite the baker's. So Alex and I would, you know, sometimes every morning, you know, we get up and we go and get bread. And then, of course, you know, what do you, even if you're not sitting there drinking a coffee, you might stand there and just check your email. Um, but then it was last year. Yeah, last year we got to Les Alibert and about a week into the holiday, uh, Pascal, who runs it, said, oh, have you not realized that we have Wi-Fi in the main building? Oh. I'm like, okay, so it had arrived. It had been getting closer and closer and closer. And then, of course, this year, because I switched to three as my phone provider. Yeah, I'm on them as well. And I actually had to, I've had a really good experience with them. Um, I know a lot of people, when I announced that on Twitter that I was going to switch, they were like, no, stay away, garlic and silver crosses. <laughs> but actually, I've had a really good experience. And they've got this feel at home service where, you know, you can go to certain countries around the world, like America and now France, and you can just use your phone, data included, in exactly the same way. Yeah, we use that. I think it was in every country we were in on the cruise had that, which is very useful. So, you know, I wasn't getting a 4G or a 3G signal where we stay. I might have been getting edge, but, you know, I was getting something. And the thing is, is that I don't think I really feel very happy about that because it's, you know, the, the normal world, the work, and it's not really just the worky world. It's Twitter. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's being, you know, connected to the industry or something that crept closer and closer and closer. And you really have to, you know, stop yourself from just sitting there checking Twitter by the pool. Yeah, it's quite, it's quite invasive in a way. And it's very addictive to keep scrolling through and most of it's just junk. And yeah, it's, it's a horrible thing to get stuck into. Yeah. So I'm, you know, I'm just going to have to be a little bit more careful, I think, in future. Um, you know, I don't want to take, you know, no disrespect or anything, but I don't want to take you and Aral and Paul Boag and Brad Frost and who else? Uh, and Jeremy Keith on holiday with me. That sounds like a hilarious holiday, but yeah, you, you would know. Actually, it'd be great, wouldn't it? I'm just, <laughs> the reason I say those people is because they're the last ones that are in my Twitter feed that I'm looking at right now. God, imagine going on holiday with Paul Bauer. It'd be hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should do that. Um, so, you know, I, just, I don't want to, I don't want to take my friends with me necessarily. Um, so you really have to, you have to put things down. Yeah. It's family time. And, you know, we've been really lucky in that Alex has always wanted to, you know, up until now, you know, come with us. I mean, whether that'll be the case next year because he starts his PhD, well, you know, he might not even be available. It might not even be the country, you know, he might even be in, you know, South America or somewhere next year. So we don't know what we're going to do, but we've really enjoyed that. You know, it's been, I think we've been to the same place seven times in the last 11 years. Yeah, that's very lovely. I know it's been really nice. So let's just say, but I don't, I don't want, you know, I don't want to take the, the geeky world with me. Much as I love you all. <laughs> well, some people. Should we do another sponsor talking yes, about geekies? Please. Yeah. See, I don't, the, the, the lead in there, the little segue, <laughs> it was, it was almost professional. <laughs> almost, they cry. So our next sponsor this week, it's a conference and it's Shrop Geek Revolution. And it's happening in the beautiful town of Shrewsbury, or Shrewsbury, depending on where you come from, on Friday, 26th of September. And you might remember 
that we, Laura, we talked about this. We did. Because um, you spoke there last year about accessibility. I did. And I went on, I went along to listen and it was a brilliant day. I mean, the organizers say that it's one of the web's friendliest conferences and I found that to be true. I mean, I'm yeah, sure that absolutely is lots of other people are going, no, but mine's just as friendly, but no, it was a really nice day that I had. And this is their fifth event and they've got some really fabulous speakers lined up and Paul Boag <laughs> and God, we can't get away from it. Our good friend, Rachel Andrew, she's going to kick off the day with her talk about the practical steps that developers and designers can take to get an idea to launch with a bootstrapped side project. And then there's Amy Thibibo from Facebook. I hope I said that right. And she's going to be talking about designing with words, the role of content strategy in product development. That sounds really interesting. Hmm. Then there's Dan Goodwin from F -f 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 Function and uh, Fabio Basili from uh, Fabs.com. <laughs> what is it with all these stuttering company names all of a sudden? No domain names left. And Andy Davis, Andy Yates, Sebastian Sevi from The Guardian, who's talking about building content management tools for the modern web. And finally, my no means least, my friend and uh, my previous partner in slimming, because I think he's fallen off the wagon too, <laughs> Paul Boag, with a new talk, Digital Adaption, Time to Untie Your Hands. So that's a really strong lineup. Yeah, it sounds great. I'd be going there myself, except that, I'm actually speaking in a conference in Norway the same day. But you should go. I I think I'm speaking at something on that same day as well. Um, I Because I do remember Kirsty asking me if I could go, and I did look, because I'd love to have gone again. It's a really lovely place. We had a fantastic curry that evening as well, didn't we? I know, we? it was a brilliant curry. Oh, yes. And if anyone, if anyone wants to know where the good curry is... Um, let me know on Twitter and I'll look up where we went. <laughs> oh, no, it's fabulous. I think I've still got it in my, um, well, it's not Foursquare anymore. Swarm. Yeah, Swarm Foursquare. Got it in my check-ins. So, yeah, listeners, you should go. Definitely go. And uh, I know you'll enjoy it as much as we did. Tickets are a measly £89, but the organisers are offering a 15% discount for unfinished listeners. Discount code UNFINISHED. To get yours, visit unfinished.bz slash shrop geek and they'll know that we sent you that's a bargain nah real bargain it was it was a bloody lovely curry mm, it was and i'm particularly fussy anyway before we get into the topic i want to talk about smartphone stress but before we get into that again can i just mention that i'm hosting a css workshop in berlin in november can i Yes. <laughs> okay, that's really permission. Because um, it's part of Beyond Telerand, which is happening the first week of November, and my CSS 3 for responsive web design workshop, that's happening on November 3rd, which I think is, oh, it's either before or after the conference, but, you know, one of the two. And it's the first CSS workshop that I've done since March, which was at Smashing Conference in uh, in Oxford. So I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. And Berlin is really lovely. I've well. never been. Never been. So we're actually taking, talk about holidays, we're actually taking about another four days after Beyond Telerand and we're just going to uh, hang around in Berlin. Oh, I'm sorry. So we meant to do, do that last year when I spoke at a UX conference in Berlin and we had so much work to do. We ended up just finding a nice co-working space and working for three days when we really wanted to be going out and seeing the sites. No, so I'm I need to go back. That. Yeah, no, you do. Well, she come out to Beyond Telerand. I should. Unfortunately, we have our crowdfunding the week after that, so I think we're going to have lots of work to do. <laughs> well, a lot's changed since I last taught that workshop. So what I'm doing is I'm working on bringing all the content bang up to date. Um, I've got a few new topics and some whole brand new examples. Uh, Sarah Sweden is going to be helping me with uh, with some of the technical stuff, which would be really cool. That is really cool. That's like two expert um Two experts worth of knowledge for the price of one. Well, she's not coming to the to the event, but she's going to be helping me put the content together because, you know, she's brilliant. Way, she is. Way more brilliant than I am. So in just the one day, I'm going to be covering how you can use uh, CSS table display properties to rearrange your content. 
um, leading on to how we can create cross-browser layouts with Flexbox, because I know everybody's really interested in that. I want to do some really nice magazine-style layouts using things like CSS Shapes, which is obviously something that, uh, that Sarah's really into. And then how to improve typography with multi-column layout, and then uh, some sort of other CSS3 stuff, which is not so new, but people really don't use it that much. Um, things like, for example, border image. Oh, yeah. You know, it's been available for such a long time and you, know, you never see people use it. I think I remember reading about that in one of your books. Yeah, that was probably even in, it might have even been in Transcending. I think it was. Which is, yeah. no, actually, I think CSS columns are in Transcending. Um, border image is definitely in hardboiled. And every time I do this workshop, I say, right, who's used border image? And there might be 30 people in the room and like two people put their hands up. I'd be very interested to see how you use that with responsive stuff as well. Mm, well, it's perfect for that. It's yeah. absolutely perfect for that. So I'm going to talk about that. Um, and then I'm going to talk about some new stuff. I'm going to talk about things like CSS filters and blending modes and basically how we can use CSS to you know, reduce the number of assets and dependencies and just make things faster. Um, but you know, not just from a performance point of view, I want to talk about the creative possibilities as well. Cause you know, that's, that's what there, there's a gazillion people that can talk about performance. Um, but you know, I, I like to talk about the creative application as well. Yeah. that sounds very interesting. So I'm looking forward to that and to be on Telerand and to speaking again and to this workshop. So I hope I'll see a few people there. Uh, tickets are 279 of those finest euros. I think I've got a few in my pocket still from last week. <laughs> and they're available now. The URL is unfinished.bz slash workshop, and then that will redirect you to uh, to the Beyond Tellerrand site. There you go. Thanks for that. Sounds great. If I can't plug my own workshop on my own podcast, what can I do with it? Exactly. Anything you want to plug while we're here? Oh, well, we're, we're doing a crowdfunding campaign soon and we're going to have a thunderclap. And yeah, if you want to know anything about that and our indie phone and other indie plans, our website is indie, that's ind.ie. Did you, you say clap? Yes, a thunderclap. Oh, right, okay. It's Not a, a thundercat. <laughs> no, it's, it's something I'd never actually heard of before. But it's where you sign up and your account and you sign up with Twitch and Facebook and things like that. And on this one day at this one time, you allow whoever you're signing up with to tweet or post on your behalf a message about their campaign. So we're going to do that with the crowdfunding. People can um, sign up to tweet or post about the uh, indie phone crowdfunding on a particular day, which I I don't know the date off the top of my head. <laughs> I've never heard of anything like that. No, neither had I. It, it sounds very clever, though. So, getting back to business. Yeah. This article that I found on the uh, on the BBC about smartphone stress. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it starts off, I've got a little quote from it here. It says, you're on holiday, but you surreptitiously check your work emails the moment that you wake up. And you get anxious because there's no Wi-Fi in the hotel or the mobile phone signals up the mountain. Or you fret if your phone's getting low on power and you secretly worry things will be wrong at work if you're not there. I used to feel that, you know, when, when we had the, the, the other business and the employees, I used to be worried about what was going on all the time. It says here, these are typical signs of always-on stress induced by smartphone addiction. And I don't think, you know, I used to feel that way before I had a smartphone. You know, I didn't have a smartphone when we had the other business. But, you know, I, I used to feel, still feel, you know, worried about what was going on when, you know, behind my back. I don't, I don't think I even need to be on holiday to feel that way. I, <laughs> I check, I look at my phone, I check my email before I even lift my head off the pillow in the morning. <laughs> well, no, I was going to ask you about that. Let's come on to that bit in a minute, okay? Because actually, I do want to talk about this kind of addiction thing. As, as it's put here. But it says smartphones have become tyrants in our pocket, never allowing us to switch off, relax and recharge our batteries, which is of course exactly what we we're talking about earlier. Yeah, completely. And, you know, I don't know about you, but the way that I've got my email set up, you know, I have one email address 
that everything redirects to. I mean, I've got several email addresses, but I don't filter everything. It all comes through to my iPhone or my Mac or whatever. It all, it all bounces to my iCloud account. That's where it ends up. It doesn't matter whether it's, you know, the unfinished email address or, um, you know, even, even legacy Gmail stuff. It all comes through to my iCloud account. So I don't have separation. I don't have like a work email and then a personal email. No. So, you know, like this time, if I was, you know, out and about and we were, you know, walking through a town or something and somebody sent me an email, it would buzz in my pocket. And I wouldn't know whether it was a friend, somebody that I did want to hear from, or a client. So, I mean, what do you do about that? I have, I have a few things. Well, I don't have, I have email on my phone, but I don't allow it to send me notifications. So I, ha- I have to check it manually if I um, want to see if there's anything there. Because, I, yeah, I would find that I get a spam email and I'd quickly like, oh, go, oh, I've got one. And, you know, that horrible red one that's sitting there going, you've got a notification, you've got something there. And I have to clear all of them. And so I just turned it off. So it didn't do that anymore. And so I can go in and check if I want to, but it's not interrupting me as much as it used to. And I also... I, like you, have all of my email comes to the same place. Um, but I use this really cool service called SaneBox, which filters my email for me. And it filters them into folders like uh, bulk messages, like things from Twitter and Facebook and stuff like that. It has news, so newsletters, email newsletters, uh, later. So things that it thinks that I won't want to look at until later. And the only the important emails get through to my inbox. It also has a great black hole where you drag something and you say, I never want to see anything from this person ever again. <laughs> it's brilliant. And it just filters everything for me. And the amount of email I've got has gone down so much. Well, the amount in my inbox has gone down so much just from doing that. So now I know if there's something in there, then it's likely to be important. Is that and a it, subscription service? Yes, it is. So what do you pay a month for that? It's it's a very small. It depends on which features you want to have. So I think I have they have it. It's like they call it like a snack or lunch or dinner or something like that. And I have I think around the middling package, and I think it's maybe ten fifteen dollars a month. It's right. not a huge amount at all, and it's definitely worth it. And it means that I I might have I'll wake up in the morning. I might have fifteen in my bulk and. Uh, like 20 in my later and some other amount in my news, but in my inbox there's only two emails because there's only two that are actually important. Because I know that, I think it's on Accidental Tech, uh, maybe even on the talk show, there's a um, an email cleaning uh, sponsor. I forget the name of the company. Somebody's going to remind me. Um, which is another one of these services where you can basically just send all your email to it and then it will take care of a lot of stuff for you. It's a similar thing, but it doesn't read your email. It only gets the header. Yeah. Well, the problem that I had with this was that it needed you to change your name servers. It needed you to switch your name servers to whichever the provider was. I forget now. Um, which, of course, is you know a really scary thing. You know, It's like, which records are you going to change? And are you going to break something? And I couldn't actually figure out how it worked. And the documentation was shocking. Yeah, I think this is probably... In the way it works, it must, you must have to change it. I can't remember, but I remember the setup was incredibly easy. So I think they either do a lot of it themselves or they walk you through it in a way that's, because I, I hate that kind of thing as well. And I was very thorough about checking their privacy policy and things like that, particularly like part of the indie stuff is we're very conscious about these services that we use and who we're sharing our data with. And they seem very much above board to me and their support and service has just been fantastic. It saved me loads of time. Send me a link. I'll put that in the show notes. There's oh, a, dear. an app that it mentions in this article on the BBC. It's called Moment. This guy called Kevin Holesh um, built this app. And what this does, it monitors how long you've been using your phone for. And it's available for iOS and for Android. It's four four ninety nine, four dollars ninety nine, in the App Store. And I actually I looked at it earlier on, but I haven't actually bought it yet. Um, and you can set limits and things like that. 
Is it is this for the people that don't have family members to tell them off? Well, I think it might it might be exactly that. But you know, there's a photo in this article on the BBC. There's a guy in bed at night with his phone. Um, I tell you what, it looks exactly like Owen Gregory. <laughs> it's amazing. Except I know that it's not him because he doesn't have a smartphone. He's, I mean, Owen, correct me if I'm wrong, but he was the, he still has a phone, a Nokia phone that has a torch in it. Like a real torch. That's brilliant. Like an L, not, not even an LED, like flashlight torch, you know, like a camera phone. I'd be interested to know how much more he gets done. A proper bulb. It actually has a bulb in it. <laughs> is it like a steampunk phone? I don't know what it is anyway. He's had it for years. Maybe he's still got it, I don't know. But, I mean, do you do that? You mentioned earlier on about checking your phone, you know, first thing in the morning. Yeah, I'm, I'm really bad. I'm quite good at switching off at night, but because I'm an early bird... It almost helps me wake up, which is really depressing. So I'll get up and I'll check, I'll check that. I'll check my, I have two lists in Twitter because I can't read all the uh, tweets, but the two lists are the things I most want to keep up with. Um, things like news and stuff like that. Have a quick scroll through that, see what's going on. And then I'll get up and go walk the dog. But it is, well, I, every morning I look at my phone, check the weather, check my email, check Twitter, then get up. I've been a bit worse on it recently. Um, I suppose maybe for the last year or so. What I have started to do is I've started taking the phone to bed, which I never used to do. Yeah. Um, and what I try, I try not to, but some, sometimes actually listening to podcasts helps me go to sleep. That makes sense. Not, I mean, you know, I'm not going to tell you which podcasts I listen to to go to sleep because, <laughs> you know. Um, but you know, I'd, I'd like to, you know, I put one earphone in and I just go to, you know, and I just listen and I, and I go to sleep. And that's why with Overcast, the new podcast player that Marco Arment released, it has like a sleep timer on there. So, you know, you can just set it to play a podcast for 15 minutes. Yeah. I think a lot of them do that now. Which is brilliant because, um, I used to just set it to play fall asleep in 10 minutes. Um, and then of course, if you listen to something half the way, all the way through, some podcast clients delete the file. So I'd be downloading the file every day. <laughs> oh. So I do that. And, and, and there have been occasions when, you know, I've, I've woken up in the middle of the night and I can't sleep and I'll put the, pick up the phone and I'm just checking things. I'm checking RSS or I'm reading the BBC news or I'm even, I'm, I'm watching iPlayer in bed under the covers. They say that it's very bad for you to, to interact with bright screens before you're trying to sleep because it has the opposite effect because it's got that sort of bright white light that convinces your body that it's actually daytime. Yeah, no, I'm sure that that's it. And, you know, it does affect my sleep a lot. So I try not to do it. Um, but it, it has been a, a, a bad habit that I've gone to. And that means that first thing in the morning, I mean, I did it this morning. I woke up at, the alarm went off at six because I was going to go to the pool. Um, and I sort of, you know, rolled over, heard the alarm, rolled over, picked up the phone to check the time and you know there's notifications on the home screen so before i was before i was out of bed i'd already checked email and twitter which is stupid what am i doing that for i'm i'm really terrible one thing i have found is that socially having a pebble watch has helped because i don't use my phone to check the time anymore so i don't end up getting distracted because i've looked for the looked at the time and then ended up Oh, look, loads of notifications and started reading things. And I also know that if I'm getting a text message or a phone call um, or various other notifications that I've turned on, it will come to my watch and I'll know about it. I don't have to be getting my phone out all the time. I haven't worn a wristwatch for, oh, for years, 20 years. Um, but I have been wearing my, I've got a Garmin swim watch. Yeah. Which is basically, you know, it's a swim computer, so yeah, it does lap times and, you know, all kinds of other stuff. And I've got it on now. Um, and I've actually quite enjoyed sort of, you know, just glancing down at the time. Cause you're right, yeah. you know, you, you take your phone out of your pocket and there's something on there from, you know, either it's a red dot or there's something on the home screen. Um, and, and it's much, it's much more noticeably antisocial as well when you do it in company. Get, looking at your watch is quite different from getting your phone out. <laughs> getting your phone out is like saying, oh, I'm bored of everyone here. But there's a, an interesting thing on here. 
It says here, German car maker Daimler recently introduced an email auto-delete option for its holiday employees in recognition that they may not have the willpower to switch off from work. <laughs> That's actually very generous of them. It's it is, surprising. isn't it? But it then is. maybe they're thinking in the long term. They're thinking, well, unless our workers have a proper holiday, they're not going to be very productive when they get back. Yeah. I mean, I don't know whether or not forwarding it on to a, a, somebody else is going to be even better. But um, I thought that was really interesting, actually. I've never done this. I mean, the, the article ends up, this BBC article ends up by saying, so if you're ready to hit the beach, set up those out-of-office email alerts. That's the oh. first piece of advice. Now, you see, I never do that. No, neither do I, because I think it gives it gives people the impression that they are more important than they actually are. I, which sounds horrible, but I, I don't think it doesn't matter if I don't respond to my email. I don't want to give people the impression that when I'm back from holiday, I will respond to their email within five minutes because I'm not going to. I always think that aren't those things like spam magnets as well? Oh yeah. I've been, I've been spammed repeatedly. You're having a conversation um, with a couple of people over email and one of them is CC'd in and they're on holiday for that week, but you want them to know what the conversation is when they get back. And every time you send an email, you get their out of office reply back. No, I don't just mean that because that is really, really annoying. Um, but if a spammer sends you a, you know, Nigerian message, oh, and if you reply to and it, if they get an out of, if they get an out of office reply to that, then they know that it's a legitimate address. Oh, that's a very good point. So I've never set up those things. I think you can, on um, a lot of more sophisticated emails, you can set it up that it only sends them to your contacts and, and things like that, which is a, a bit smarter. But still, potential new clients and things like that, they wouldn't get it. No, I mean, I'm usually replying to an email, well, it's, you know, when we're on holiday, it's, it's the same day. You know, and I might not have like a great big reply. I might not be solving somebody's you know problem or sending them a quote, but at least I'll be saying, you know, you know Okay, here's the start of a conversation. Um, and actually there was one particular, one particular email that I got while we were on holiday and it did actually pique my interest and I did actually phone the guy back from the pool and we had a 10 minute conversation and I'm going to go and see him next week. So, you know. You're always hustling. <sighs> see, always closing. <laughs> um, what else does it say here? Uh, switch off your phone and put it out of reach when you go to bed. Um, I think I need to start doing that. I think as some people set their alarms by their phones and I think that's the dangerous thing is that you almost need a separate alarm clock to stop yourself from requiring the phone by your bed. My jawbone wristband wakes me up, but I do have a backup alarm on my phone in case I sleep through it. Um, and, you know, that's it, I suppose. That's, that's, that's the advice that it has. You know, and, and a lot of that stuff, I suppose, you know the auto deleted of emails or the out of office replies or something like that. It's going to be different if you're working for a company than if you, if you work for yourself. Yeah. I think almost an out of office email does make sense if it's redirecting the person who's emailing you to someone that can help them in a short period of time. Um, but just saying I'm on holiday, I won't reply to you uh, unless you're away for a very long time. I, I don't really understand the point. Well, there's two things as far as I'm concerned now going forward. I mean, both in terms of holidays, I think, and in terms of just day-to-day -day stuff. I am less and less interested, particularly when I'm going on holiday, on what, you know, other people are doing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I only follow 50 people on Twitter anyway, so it's not like I'm getting deluged in, in stuff. And if there's something that really, you know, really I need to, to know about, then, you know, I'm going to find out some other way. So I'm getting, you know, I'm getting less and less interested in that. I don't, you know, I'm not, I, I never generally keep a, you know, a Twitter window open the whole time. No, neither do I. So I suppose there's that side of things. And then, of course, there's the actual business side of it, you know, how quickly we respond to a, a client or an inquiry or or something like that. And I think that, you know, it doesn't matter to me really whether I'm on holiday or whether I'm away. I think the same rule should apply. You know, I, like you mentioned earlier on, people shouldn't expect that they're going to get a reply to an email within five minutes. Sometimes they're actually surprised when you do it. Yeah, yeah. I think I like to be very clear about the expectations I set from the start. And one of those things is very important that not to let clients think that you will respond out of hours and 
um, instantly because even because they might just end up expecting you to do that all the time. And I, I like to set boundaries like that. It's also setting boundaries for myself as well, because otherwise I would just be on it the whole time. Mm. Well, I know that Mr. Brendan Dawes would like to have a rant about this in a few weeks. He's actually off on his holidays as well. But I think that he might be having a bit of a, a rant when he comes back. <laughs> One last piece of news, I suppose, before we head off today. Not that this is a you know topical news show about business or anything, or about anything. <laughs> Have we, done, have we talked about this already? Five Simple Steps, they've opened their first physical bookstore. We haven't. We, we mentioned it before we started recording, I think. Okay. So, Five Simple Steps, they've opened their first physical bookstore since uh, Craig and Amy, the lovely Craig and Amy, took over. And their bookstore is in Cardiff. It's at their founder's hub space, which is in Cardiff City Centre. And I think it's a brilliant idea. It is. It's really cool. Ah, it's fabulous. And uh, they've got comfy chairs and they've got coffee and they've got books, obviously. Uh, There's there's only one book that people really need to sit and read. (laughs) In the photo, it's uh, second from the right on the the bottom shelf. That's the one that you want to read. I'll put a link in the show notes to uh, to their blog. Oh, actually, do you know what? I never, ever mention the URL to show notes anymore. I should do that. It's unfinished.bz slash 83 for this episode. But yeah, good on them. And I know that they're going to be setting up little pop-up bookstores or little bookstores um, in other venues as well across the country. So that's such a great idea. Yeah, I think specialist bookshops are a really interesting idea for keeping sort of proper books and bookshops around. Well, they've done it really nicely, actually, because they've got it nicely branded. They've painted the wall black, five simple steps black. Um, and they've got some shelves and, um, you know, they've got the shelves have got books on them, as you might imagine. Um, but they haven't got that many books though. You know, obviously just because it's a small publisher. So it just looks really kind of designery. I like it. Yeah. Fancy. I think they've also got an iPad so you can buy the digital copies too while you're there. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's really, really good. And they can, people can walk away with books, but I tell you, I was thinking, I'm gonna, I should just, I should set one up on my own. Yeah. Cause I've got all the books here. <laughs> competing bookshop yeah, i should do that i should <laughs> undercut myself and because i've got i know what i've got in fact they sent me a box of 25 hardboiled because i'd run out so i've got 25 hardboiled if anybody wants to come to my pop-up bookshop <laughs> it's just your front room yeah but you know you get a nice cup of tea you don't get a frothy coffee or anything a cup you know, of tea and off. a cuddle with malarkey's cat yeah you might get a scratch if she walks in the door but and you're not going to get a frothy coffee because it's not brown <laughs> no. But you know, you might I might stir your instant for you. As long as you like a bit of decaf. So yeah, pop round, buy a book. Good on them. I knew that them taking over five simple steps was gonna be uh was gonna be a good idea. They're they're the most industrial people I know. They just do so much. And they yeah, they when they commit to something, they do everything. They just it seems like they have an idea and they just execute it right away. Yeah, fabulous. So anyway, good on them. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes. So we should wrap it up. Yeah. Thank you so much for, I mean, not just for today, but for the last three weeks. I think it was brilliant. Really good. Oh, thank you. Hopefully you'll have me back sometime soon. No, I think we're scheduled, aren't we? I think we have everything scheduled for the rest of the year. I'm, I'm sure we do. My calendar is very full, but it is, those are booked out. So yeah, they're priority. You're in a spreadsheet somewhere. <laughs> People can follow you, Laura, on Twitter. You are? At Laura Calbag. Yeah, or me at Malarkey. And to ask questions or suggest topics, you can message this show on Twitter at unfinishedbz, or you can email me, he has at unfinished.bz. Thanks to our sponsors this week. They were Perch and Shropgeek. As always, you can support our show by supporting them. <laughs>